0: If you would like to join a community of like-minded agency owners and scale your business while doing so, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call to explore options on how we can help you scale your agency. What is good? Agency owners have a really dope episode today. Have a big scaling agency, Carbon Box Media. We got Jordan White, co-founder of this agency in the last two months, he's been able to add 35K in monthly recurring revenue. And we're bringing him on to learn how he did that. So Jordan, thanks for coming on, man. For those of us listening who don't know you, don't know Carbonbox, who are you? Who is Carbonbox? And we'll kick off there.
1: So my name is Jordan. We both share a pretty solid name. It's pretty good. Number number two, I'm the uh, founder of Carbonbox Media. We specialize in growing e-commerce brands We've been an agency for about two years and the first year we signed very few clients and we did that on purpose because we just really wanted to dial in on our delivery. And then after one year, we started to up our outreach, get some more clients, ensure that our delivery was solid. And recently before signing with 8F, we quintupled our outreach to sign a bunch of new clients and we got a bunch of new clients. And because of that, we're like, oh my god, how do we handle this? And that's when I found Jordan Ross. And so, we long, long answer to a short question. We, uh, we specialize in growing e-commerce brands. I appreciate
0: the high level. <laughs> I was on mute, everyone. If you're wondering why it took me so long to answer, I was on <laughs> mute. I appreciate the high level. Yeah, I think it's a common story, and I actually really like how you had the right focus at first. But then once you started to grow quickly, you're like holy shit this is a lot. (laughs) So let's kind of set the stage. When you met us at ADAP, when I met you, where was your agency? What were you guys seeing or experiencing that actually made you specifically want to reach out to what was happening in your business or not happening to really make that conversation worthwhile?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. So we were, for, for that year of us trying to just iron in on our service, we were at about a steady... 25K to I think our max month was 32K. So right in that kind of sweet spot, we began to plateau, which we did on purpose because we wanted to, again, you know, sharpen our steel. But once we started to up our outreach, we went from about 25K to 45K in about a month. And me and my co-founder were like, okay, we, we can iron in our service, but how do we do this at a high level? And I know you have more questions and I may be answering some of your follow-up questions here, but I mean, guys, if, if you want to grow your agency, all you have to do is double, triple, quadruple your outreach. If you want to keep those clients, building strong SOPs is exactly what you need to do to maintain those clients. It's it's easy to sign new clients, but how do you keep them? And I think that's where the true value of working with ADF comes into effect.
0: I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So it's you guys were new, new clients were going to come. And it was, we need to build the actual process to sustain the wave. So the initial ramp up, because what's interesting, we're obviously really early on our engagement, right? There's a lot to be had, but let's dive right in with it. What did we do in the first 30 days with you, 60 days with you that actually made impact operationally? What were the very specific things that enabled you guys to really start to grow, but also not be stressed out or not be overwhelmed as that growth was coming.
1: Absolutely. So there's always stress, part of the job, part of the fun, right? But uh, I'll tell you what, man, our onboarding was an absolute mess. So just getting access to Google, Meta, TikTok, Clavio, whatever it was, would take two to three weeks. I would have to follow up with my Meta guy. Hey, did you reach out to this guy to get access here? And then my Google guy needed to reach out to my Facebook guy. And then it it was just this giant mess, right? And, And it shouldn't have been because we did a great job of closing the call, but the call is not really closed until the onboarding is successful and the client is happy as soon as the contract signed. And so what would happen? And for example, we would sign a client in April and it would be the beginning of April for the sake of example, right? We wouldn't be live with the ads until the middle of May. And that never used to be a problem until we were signing on new clients. And and onboarding was just a complete disaster, to be completely honest. And after working with 8F, you kind of allowed us to each focus in on our strengths. And so my strengths right now are sales and just building trust before we get the close. And then as soon as that close happens, I know exactly who to pass it off to. And then that person that i pass it off to knows exactly the next steps to do to make sure that the onboarding smooth and what i've learned with 8f and uh if you're listening to this i don't know if you know zach but we kind of <laughs> we kind of copied your system so jordan we up on that's a call the goal. with jordan that's the exact yeah, man, goal well, right <laughs> yeah you know if it works it works right and so I got closed by jordan i know we needed this and then as soon as i was closed he passes off to zach and zach has been our go-to guy ever since and uh, i mean obviously if i have a question for you jordan i feel like i can reach out to you personally at any time but i feel like i have a guy on my team you know and and that's exactly what i want to replicate for our clients as well and i feel like we're not there yet but we definitely have a stronger structure than where we were before you guys
0: awesome so coming into the experience, you're able to close deals. You like quadruple outreach. And th- but the issue is once you actually close deals, it's like, oh crap, we need to go live. And that takes six weeks. So what I heard is you really enjoyed our onboarding process. You start to emulate that and start building that in those first two months. That gave you that confidence to go sign those clients. Let's go granular. Like, What are some of the things that you guys tangibly start building in onboarding that reduced that ramp up time from like six weeks to go live to whatever it is now, what are some of the tangible things we started building?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So we have a full stack Asana build where the Asana doesn't even start until the contract signed. What would normally happen? Well, not normally, but sometimes what would happen is we would sign the client and we would get them onboarded in Slack. We would get access to everything and the invoice never got paid. Right. And so now something that's just so small, but so effective and nice is we don't even begin the onboarding process until the contract has been paid or the contract has been signed and the invoice has been paid. From there, we have a full stack Asana system that basically just, I have to complete my tasks, make sure everybody's in Slack, make sure everybody's happy, shoot a loom of of what type of client this person is, what are some of their pain points, including the audit within the account. And then as soon as the contract's been signed, invoice has been paid, all the Asana tasks have been completed. I can pass it on then to the account manager and they'll take care of the onboarding call, getting access to the creatives, getting access to whatever else we need. But it's essentially my job to close them, get them in Slack, make sure the contract and invoice has been paid, send an introduction message and then send a loom to my team, letting them know. Uh, what type of client this is going to be, and then my job's done, which is way easier to systemize and way easier to scale. Like I I know exactly what I'm doing now, right? and I don't have to worry about client communication. I mean, I'll chime in every now and then, obviously. I'm a curious guy. If I see a Slack message, I got to click it, but I know exactly what I'm doing, and I know that I can scale this, and I know when I'm to the point where I can hire somebody else to fill my role, he or she will know exactly what to do as well.
0: Got it. So I heard three things from that. First and foremost, and I wrote this down, a deal isn't closed until they're paid. That's something I say. And I think it's easy in sales to like, yay, we got a verbal. A deal is not closed until they're paid and contract is signed, for those of you that are doing contracts. Second is I heard we built your workflow with you, right? So there was a lot of ambiguity on who does what, when should we do it, we fully mapped out your process from the second deals closed till when they're fully onboarded to, you know, wherever the next steps were, which allowed you guys to have clarity on, you know, a checklist of items to do once a deal is closed and then expectations, right? Who does what? When do they do it? How long should it take to do? Can we templatize this into, you know, a standard work checklist or end of day report and then what I heard is you built an onboarding call process too. It sounds like you didn't have a formal onboarding call, it was more just it was something that became habitual but it didn't sound like it was formalized. Is that fair as a recap from what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, you nailed it, man.
0: What what were your lessons cuz I know obviously really the for you as the sales and marketing head of the business, you're not diving into everything on the back end, but what from outside looking in on the onboarding call, what what did we do differently with you? in that onboarding call process from what you saw with your team and us building that call out, that process out.
1: So we hop on weekly calls with Zach. Zach would essentially walk us through some things. And then this is what I like about Zach is he's not afraid to be blunt and just tell it how it is. And he was just blunt. He he told us what we needed to do. He, He told us what was wrong, what he liked and what he didn't like. And he would give us solid tasks for us to do and coming into the next call he would hold us accountable to see if those tasks got done and again i said this earlier in the uh in the podcast but it feels really good to just have a guy on our team you know it, it feels like he always has our best interest i can send him a message on slack whenever i want but talk about granular he'd give us granular tasks that we needed to get done week over week i mean those tasks are still coming you know the onboarding could always be improved i'm sure you can agree but we know what we need to do and we can come with our problems and <laughs> we can complain, we can moan, we can say, this didn't happen or what do I do here? And Zach just, he has our back. You know, He he knows exactly what needs to get done and he gives us tasks to get it done. Right? It's not like, this is what you should do, or maybe you should do this. It's like, you need to do A, B, and C and get it done and talk to me how it went next week, which is so helpful.
0: One of the hardest things as an agency owner, is building a team that can actually execute without needing you can deliver results that you could trust to learn things fast and deliver every single time. The reality though, most of us can't afford top tier talent and even those of us who can't afford top tier talent doesn't know how to get the best talent to work for us. That's why I built the eight figure funnel. I've been able to hire over six eight figure COOs and convince them to come work for me to help my clients grow. Guys that have already been there and done that, that have run 20, 30, 50, $80 million a year companies working for someone who's not even 30 years old. I've put this all into a simple ebook so you can do exactly the same thing. If you want access to this ebook, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value and grab one of my best pieces of free content that I've ever released today. Hey there, this is Jordan Ross, your host of How to Scale an Agency, and thank you so much for listening. If this podcast has given you any value, if you listen to it weekly, or you're just tuning in on a blue moon, please like and subscribe and give us a good review. Reviews are the easiest way that we can help other agency owners expand their information, their knowledge, and grow their companies, which is why we do this. We do this to help each and every one of you make business growth simpler. So like I've said, if you've received value, we do not promote our podcasts any other way except through word of mouth. We don't have sponsors because we wanna keep this as high level for you as possible. If you could return just a little bit of a thank you back to us, we would so greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the show. So not only were you able to have a partner, you're able to have like a, it is a true partner. We're able to be honest with you. Let me ask you this. One of the things I appreciate here, Zach's really calling out things aren't good enough. Do you recall any of his insights on from the second an onboarding call happens? Do you recall any of those lessons, lesson learned for you or your partner or your team members on once a second, we actually have that onboarding call to after that? Do you remember any of the call outs or lesson learns or points of feedback you guys received
1: that yes. helped you? Oh my gosh. I'll, I'll just speak personally here. So one thing that Zach told us to do, and and this is pretty obvious, but you know, it's the obvious things that you don't see. It's the things right in front of you that you don't see. And I started counting my hours. I started writing down every single task that I was doing throughout the day. And I'm a sales guy. And I realized that I was spending 46 hours a week responding to clients in Slack. Like I, I knew it was an issue, but I had no freaking idea it was that big of an issue. And I mean, Jordan, I'm over here trying to post content. I'm trying to follow up with potential clients. I'm hopping on sales calls. I'm uploading like the sales calls that I had. It's uh it doesn't really have to do with onboarding, but just me personally, it's allowed me to shift into my role a lot better. And I think that was kind of the biggest slap in the face, good slap in the face that uh Zach brought up was That's for me a big to do one. that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it's a great point. I, this is one of those things I've seen so much. This is why like I'm not in your Slack channel. We have like 150, 160 open active Slack channels. If I was in every one, that'd be very overwhelming. So I try to avoid, you know, being in those channels to really put the fulfillment team, which in case this is Zach, have him own that with you and we send the same functions and same roles for our companies. You know, I I've now since removed myself from sales again. And you'll get there too in the near Lucky future. Guy. Hey man, you know, it's a it's an iterative process. You gotta, you gotta grow into that and bring in good partners. But did you gain back? You gained four to six hours back. What's the impact of that on your business? And what do you see the ROI just on gaining those four to six hours back? Like,
1: what will that do for you and your company? No, so it was 46 hours a week I was oh, allocating my 46, time.
0: 46, not four two six, forty-six, forty-six. 46. 46? How many yes, hours sir. a week were you working,
1: dude? 18 hours. I, I may be in Spain, but I am not here for the beaches. You were spending
0: 46, 40 plus 6 hours a week talking to clients.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a message came up, I would be responding. I would just, just making sure everybody's happy. trying to go above and beyond explain answers when somebody else so you were going
0: so you moved into the cuss unconsciously inadvertently you were acting as customer success and pseudo account management
1: and i think that's because it's just a habit i got into man i mean like i said the first year i was just focusing on you know how can we deliver the best service possible and client communication and and confidence is absolutely part of that and so for me to shift out of that role i thought i was but i mean Again, going back to the slap in the face, I wasn't. No, 100%. So, oh, this is
0: fascinating. So who would you delegate that stuff to? Now, Who's now doing that instead?
1: It's the person running the ads to the account. So some clients were running just meta ads, some clients were doing meta Google, some clients were doing meta Google, email, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. It's, we've allocated 15 clients to one guy, anybody who has questions about Meta, this is the guy you go to. And then we've allocated another 15 clients to our Google guy. If you have any questions about Google, this is your guy. He's going to respond. And we've just built this system where we already have our our, our trusted team that we're confident can get results. But we've allowed them to kind of shift more into a communication role with the clients. And And that's what we're working on right now, Jordan, is just I can communicate to the clients, no problem. I can answer questions, no problem. And it's just kind of sharing my like, how how would I, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn by any means. Toot it, toot that, that ho- fucking. How, horn. how would I it. how would I respond to these clients? Like, how can you transfer like a good communication, a good response, and essentially in my words, like how how would I respond to this client where they feel confident and where if Roas is down for the week why or if revenue is down for the week, why this is happening and why it's part of the bigger picture. No offense towards media buyers by any means, but they're kind of analytical guys. They're not the most socially adept in regards to addressing client concerns. And sometimes you can read a, uh, a text or a message in Slack and misinterpret it or not see it for what it really is. And th- there's a particular way you can respond to these messages with reassurance. And it's just right now, that's what I'm working on is conveying that to them. And now I'm definitely not doing 46 hours a week at all. At love all. that. Yeah, to, so, so you were
0: able to moment. delegate, give more ownership and really have your account manager step up. Was there any communication to them about like their evolved role? What did that look like actually delegating? So you felt confident in them like, okay, I, I could feel good about making sure they do this right. Cause a lot of times if a founder has been doing all that communication, they might be apprehensive. So how did you reduce anxiety or apprehension for actually this person's now doing this and I feel good about it?
1: Still a work in progress. Um, we're
0: only yeah, but, we this is a 60-day update, right? So obviously yeah. it's still gonna be new. But like what what have been the communications or initial steps?
1: So we are hopping on bi-weekly calls with our teams. I'm just basically walking through client communication. I'm kind of being big brother and taking screenshots of some of their texts and just hopping on these calls and saying like hey man like I'm glad you responded to this person but here's a better way that you could have responded to this person and it's essentially just educating them on uh you know their new roles right because if I'm allocating 46 hours a week then they're obviously going to have to shift their role a little bit and it's just about having this this smooth transition. And, and that's what we're in talks with with Zach right now. I mean, talk about what we're doing currently right now, right now, it's that. It's just making sure that our guys can handle client communication and deliverability while well, we can scale.
0: Yeah. So it's the training process. And it's actually an interesting, because I'm going to turn this as a little bit of a lesson, like a learning lesson too, right? Um, SOPs are what, get, are what got you off of the ground, right? So there's to grow that initial 30K per month, it was really linear. We need to define the workflow, clear expectations, a really good onboarding call, defined SOPs. Now, track my time through what we call the SAD framework, stop, automate, delegate. Delegate and begin training. And now, for those of you listening, this is a more nuanced thing because Training is teaching someone how to think autonomously. It takes a lot longer than building an SOP. An SOP tells someone what to do. You're now having to go case by case, example by example. Here's how you respond. This is okay, but here's what I would have done. And there's something I call the five-step coaching model, six-step coaching model. I always change if it's five or six steps. Have you seen this yet, Jordan?
1: Oh, I love it. It's essentially like, are you delegating your tasks in the best way? And if the answer is no, then you ask why, and then you give your response. And then after that response, you ask why. And you do that five different times until you get to the bare bone reason why you have X problem. That's actually
0: close. That's root cause analysis. So that's the five whys, which for those of you listening, that's an, Jordan just shared um, a methodology of identifying what are root causes. So a lot of this is actually exceptional. And so a really good tangent. A lot of founders, especially at the earlier stage, I'm doing less than a half a million annually. When you go to solve a problem, you look at it on the surface level, which Jordan, that's what you were saying. When I would go do anything, I would look at it like I would have this initial logic. But a lot of times that initial logic isn't actually fact. It's just like what's happening on the surface. But if you ask why five times until or until you can't, you know, sometimes it's three. Right until you can't ask why anymore you get to the root of it and then okay what's the solution to this root cause of this issue did i hear that right yes yes cool yeah so guys that's a great problem solving so jordan i actually want to show this because we might not have covered this with you yet so fire what? when it comes to training right because a lot of times people are going to especially when you're training people on communication people are going to be saying like the wrong thing or think something that's not great so what jordan's working through right now we. It's called the six-step coaching model. Where before you actually, hey, you said this. Instead of saying this is how I would have said it, the first act is we we call it a stew. A seek to understand, and it's really trying to understand the logic behind the person. Hey, why would you say this? What was your logic? What was your thinking at that time? And that's when you know step two is what you just said. Identify the root cause. If this is what you said, let's let's ask why five times until we get to the root cause. And then once you have the root cause right? Which was part two. So you had in this five-step process, you went deep onto part two and three, you show them, this is the gap. This is what you did, but here's what good looks like. And then you coach them and give them feedback on how to go from where they were to what good looks like. So this is the process I'm hearing that you're doing with your team right now. Is that fair to say? Correct. What's the initial impact been for you as a manager and a leader and for your people and, and even your communication style and communication effectiveness?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely learning, learn in progress or work in progress, excuse me. But I mean, I, I've definitely shifted my headspace to, you know, what, because we're about to hit 30 clients. What is 60 clients going to look like? How can we build a system that can handle 60 clients? That's number one.
0: A lot number of building, two, man. A lot yeah. of building. Oh my
1: God. Oh my God. Get ready. But Buckle up. <laughs> I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm so ready. And, um, oh man, brain fart. What was I going to say? How to change your
0: communication style.
1: Yeah. How to change. Thank you. How to change my communication style. So just. If there's one thing I I can take from ADF, It's that. We feel. Incredibly confident with who you passed us on to. And it doesn't feel like. You know. I I know there's a huge pain point out there. Where you'll work with an agency. And they pass you down to their junior associate. Right. That has absolutely not been the case. It feels like you gave us to one of your best guys. Right. And, And that's exactly what we're in the process of learning how to do with our business, because we know we have top guys. We, we know we have a great team. Deliverability isn't the problem, but communication is 50% of keeping the client on regardless. And so how can we not only have solid deliverables, but also solid client communication and reassurance. And that's what we're currently building right now. And I feel like we're making pretty significant progress, a lot faster progress than trying to figure it out by ourselves. I'll tell you that.
0: Damn. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you for coming on. Thank you for the notes. And for everyone listening, if they want to learn a little bit more about you at Carbon Carbonbox, uh, where can they find you guys?
1: So our website's carbonboxmedia.com. Kind of nerdy. I'm on LinkedIn more than any other social media platform, which you're either going to love me for that or hate me for that. But just LinkedIn, Jordan White. Uh, you can find me there. Send me a friend request. I accept everybody. And uh, let's, uh, let's build our connections. Awesome. Guys, this can be you next. Go to afigureagency.co
0: forward slash call to be our next success story. Jordan, thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of How to Scale an Agency. It would mean the world if you could like, subscribe, and comment on this podcast so more people can find it organically or share it with a friend. If you're looking to scale your agency and you need help, you're looking for a true partner go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call. My business has been built on becoming fiduciaries for other companies. We are going to be your partner where I will bring in my eight figure talent to help you grow working side by side. If you need help with that, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call or like, share, subscribe to the pod. Thank you so much. i will catch you on the next episode.